0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad.
1: Because it's getting ready to be on. I
2: want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath. That I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's.
3: The Rockpile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder Drew Gear. Likes to get in
2: ex's nose. Something I
3: can't do with this
2: podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger, my rollerblading blonde Mohawk
3: producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about.
2: To another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. This is my friend, Iman Azizi Hello Oh,
3: oh, hello <laughs> just The gentle, just, hi guys How are you doing? I'm Bob Ross It's the Rock Pile Report <laughs> in St. <Saint> Delilah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who's that I? Oh, what, Kevin? Jesus Christ I don't even know what you're talking about
2: uh, what's his face? And that's, and that's Chris Krueger <laughs> We're here in the studio. I was about to make fun of uh, Kevin Masari for being uh, like Delilah. Yeah. C- Chris, I think let's hear it on the fourth wall for a second. We once joked that he was the Anne Frank of podcasting. <laughs> Jesus. No, the very first time he ever did a pod, like I, sh- I had Chris listen to it. And Chris goes, is he hiding from someone while he's recording this? And so I just like that's hilarious. And we started calling him in Frank. Kevin, I'm sorry. You're a good. You seem like a really good dude. You just talk like this a lot. And it's, it's, hey, hey. we're here talking about the Buffalo Bills and some things that really happened. And I'm really excited. Iman. Yeah. Step it up. All right. Come on. Now, you've got a little whiskey in you now. Hey, in fact, can you gentleman me? Oh, yeah. Guys, could we all need to raise a glass? Chris, do you have a drink in front of you?
3: I have an old fashioned. All right.
2: We all need to raise a glass and toast to the loss of a legend, the Iron Sheik. Oh, yeah. Guys. Hey. Cheers. Now, when you were a child, did you hate the Iron Sheik the way most people did?
3: Are you talking to me or Iman? talking to you. This seems like a question for Iman based on uh, nationality. It's a (laughs) buildup. So, so, Chris,
2: did you were you anti-Iron Sheik like most people?
3: I mean, I never watched wrestling when he was around. The only... You missed the best era of wrestling. No, well, I mean, I started watching in... I must have been four eighty eight. Okay. So, he wasn't around until like 90 as uh, a manager. I think he was a manager for Sergeant Slaughter. You're
2: totally wrong. He was... And not a manager for Sergeant Slaughter, because that makes no sense, right? An Iranian uh, guy who would come yeah. in and throw American flags on the ground. I don't know. Sergeant I figured Slaughter. that might
3: have made it sense because they had a whole setup for WrestleMania where Sergeant Slaughter denounced America and uh, became an Iraqi sympathizer, now what I which was to- <laughs> a great angle to do in the early 90s.
2: <laughs> what I want you to do is I want you to wiki it right now. Go look at the Iron Sheik's resume and tell me what year he started professional wrestling. Now, Iman.
4: Yeah. The Iron Sheik. He was the only Iranian role model (laughs) in America I had growing up. I mean, there was not without my daughter with Sally Fields. A lot of, like, not a lot of Iranian heroes going on.
2: Yeah. And then you look at this guy, the Iron Sheik, who not for nothing, like when you'd see seventy-two. When Yeah. Chris, so when you're like, well, I think he didn't come onto the scene until whenever I was too young. Where
4: any Ronzi from? Go for, let's, uh, see if we're brothers. Or
2: he's something. from <laughs> the, he's
3: from the nice part. <laughs> the
2: nice part.
3: Born. Oh, that ain't near me.
2: <laughs> that that was, Yeah. Well,
3: no, he died. He died not too far from my parents. Fayetteville, Georgia. Eighty-one.
2: Eighty-one. That
3: dude.
2: So. He, they're, they're, like, you'd see the iconic things of him holding up those big shoulder weights, those big weights, and he would do like the shaking kind of a thing with it. What you don't realize is those things are like 70 pounds a piece. He was a, there, I genuinely believe this. It's a, it's a thing that I've said before and people scoff at me. I genuinely believe he was stronger than Hulk Hogan. Yeah, he should have won because he was an athlete, like a real athlete. Before he started wrestling, <laughs> he wasn't just. Well, what was uh, what was Hulk Hogan's name before he was Hulk Hogan? What what names did he wrestle under? It was like uh,
3: t- probably wrestled under his uh, real name, Terry Bollea. Terry Bollea. I'll give it a goog. Give it a goog. But so
2: either way, the Iron the, the, like. How do you not love the Sheik? Yeah. He He was the best heel. He would come in, the crowd would boo, and he would go, ah, ah, yes, and he would be so happy. And it it was like Kenny Power's energy where he's like yelling at the manager going, I can use this shit. It fuels me. Put me in the game. Like that was his whole gig. He loved the hate, but he also knew that they were there paying money to see him do his art. And he was going to give them a show. Yep. The guy
3: was amazing. He went by Hulk Boulder and <laughs> Terry Boulder.
2: Boulder? What? First of all, who wrote that? You could have written that. It's the that 80s. It the well, 80s. it's,
3: it's got to be a play on his last name, Balea. Stupid boulder,
4: fucking mustache.
3: I'll tell you what. I mean, he, was a, he looked like a boulder. You couldn't move him. Yep. You know, I,
4: I get it. Did you know that Hulk Hogan has an album? it's something with a Hulkamaniacs
2: No, I'm not going to lie. I do remember hearing We know some Macho of those songs. Man's
3: rap album.
2: Macho Man had a rap album. Hulk Hogan had like anti-drug songs. Yeah, anti-bullying. And, yeah, well. no bullying, no drugs. Like a one love song.
4: Uh there's a song about a dead kid that's it's a, another Hulkster in heaven.
2: Oh my
3: god. remember
4: the name of that. What? Was that a riff on Tears yeah. in Heaven by Eric Clapton? It's all songs that sound like you take a Casio keyboard and press like style play. It's really weird. It's great. My, my friend Tad is all about that album.
2: So. You, know, you know who never did that? The Iron Sheik. Exactly. He never <laughs> Iron, sold out like that. The Iron
4: Sheik never sold
2: out. He just came out there, gave everybody a show. He was the perfect heel. And then afterwards, he was just funny.
4: Yep. Like he was just funny. His tweets were fantastic. They kept me like motivated well, some, on Mondays. Well,
2: somebody was running it for him, but also it's funny to just to think like when he would go on Howard Stern and just mm-hmm. be like, they bring up a random person just randomly in conversation. You go, fuck that guy. Like, you don't even know who it is. He goes, ah, fuck that guy. I get that. I have that same energy. I, I feel you, Sheik. It's crazy that we lost another part of our childhoods. It's like it's, yeah. it's gone and we're never going to get that back. Um, I just, hey, role model for Iman. Yep. Best heel and one of the best errors of wrestling ever. Chris, let's pour one out for the sheik. Cheers.
3: Cheers. Why don't you put that glass of whiskey down and pull up a coop well i couldn't toast the chic
2: with this (laughs) because then on the off chance that i did make it to the afterlife he would just be waiting there to put me in the fucking camel clutch but like you toast me to that jabroni (laughs) (laughs) i must i must humble you all right so there's this cloudy pink thing chris just loves giving me these girly glasses at this point i think it's a bit i think he tries to find the most feminine glass he possibly can to make his drinks in Because you could just make this in a normal rocks glass, right?
3: I can't put it in a rocks glass per ingredient. It looks like cotton candy. It's not great.
2: Like, I'm already not feeling good about this because it's cloudy. And Iman, if you look at the top of that.
4: Oh, yeah. It looks like a creamer that got frozen, then unfrozen at tops, and then you pour
3: it in your milk, and it kind of turns into those little bits.
2: Yeah, it's not great. Um
3: I don't know what this is. I've never had it. I've never had it personally. So I, I can't.
2: It doesn't smell like anything. So now I'm really worried. Like, because whatever that is floating on top is gonna go just fuck it down the hatch.
3: Yeah. Silence is golden. Wow. What is that? It's called a whiskey millionaire cocktail. Homeless people
2: wouldn't drink that. Fuck a millionaire. Holy shit. <clears throat> I could offer that to bums on the street, and they would go, "Nah, you, you, just I'll take a dollar." Like, no, 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 don't, don't give me that. Wish. What is that, Chris? I need to know what's in it.
3: It's two ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of lemon juice, quarter ounce of grenadine, and a half ounce of Grand Marnier, and an egg white.
4: Oh, the egg white—that's. That's what's going on, Iman.
3: I've never had
2: it. You do. So. You. you I, I need someone else who also enjoys whiskey to back me up on just how bad that
4: is. Remember, like that pink medicine you would take in 1986. It was delicious. It tastes like that. Like, like someone took that and found a way to make it tart. There's nothing good about this.
3: <laughs> There's nothing good I've about never about had this. It. I've never had it. Let me, uh...
2: Chris found a recipe, made it. We've finally done it. We finally yeah, beat...
3: I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't drink that. I've never had that. <laughs> we finally beat
2: the Chris Kruger <laughs> Cocktail Challenge. The first miss in how many weeks, Chris?
3: Yeah. It's been like Ooh. two months. You better
4: slam that. To- no, I... Oh, God. I,
2: again, I will light a fire in the room and kick
4: over all the lights and leave. It looks like a pink and white chalk. You, you like, ground
3: it up and then just put a little whiskey on top. Come on, dude. Just slam it. No! Do you remember, let me ask you this. Do you remember this Macho Man Randy Savage song? It's called Be a Man. Mm-hmm.
2: Be a Man!
3: <laughs> yeah, be a man, be a man, Hulk. Come on, don't be scurred. Oh my god. Now you you haven't lived until you've heard an old white man say the word scurred. <laughs> Come on, Drew, don't be scurred. Chug it. Oof. I mean,. I have never backed down from. In my one of my cocktail books, I do have a. Oh God! God. I have I, I have That's offensive. I have paper in my cocktail book that I handwrite notes of all the cocktails that I have tried within the cocktail book. I've never had that cocktail. I got to make sure I write down. I need what you need to do. Whiskey is, millionaire cocktail. Don't do it.
2: No, just take a giant post-it note, put it on the page, and just write no. With an underline. Just no. This is this one's cut from the team. So, guys, we're here. We're talking about a lot of things tonight. Mostly petty. It's kind of a freewheeling conversation. Um, first of all, congrats on a solid meetup. Oh, yeah. Guys, that's our third clink of the night. The meetup. The meetup was a success. For all of you who came out, thank you. You know, everybody who cooked. Chef Valentina took te- what, what did you say? She works six days a week. Yeah, she took her one day off to come out to the park and hang out with us. Yep, Como Park in Lancaster it was a gorgeous day.
4: Yeah, it's perfect. It, and like the shelter was great, like the, the whole little thing was easy, comfortable, right I was by hum- the dog park.
2: I showed up late, hung over his balls. Yep, it was uh, you you still you you held it down. You carried the load for everybody that day.
4: And I cooked a big green egg event the day before for <laughs> six hours, and it was like six hundred samples. kept kept things kind of packed up, and then redid it. Jesus Christ! It was a big old, I, yeah.
2: Bla- Blake and Rob from the Bill's Helmet Bar yep. came down. The- Chris Canadian bacon sliders.
4: All right, nice. Smoke
2: Canadian bacon. Okay, and then you take the smoke Canadian bacon. There's a slaw involved and some other accoutrements, and you put it on a little brioche bun.
3: Did they make Caesars? No. No. So they're not
2: quite on Patrick Clear's level. But these little, like, those hamsteak sliders, like Canadian bacon sliders, like, that's a, that's a thing that I want to try to replicate. Like, mm-hmm. I got to talk to Ryan. And this is why this is fun, guys, because if you can cook, like, cook it a Everyone can go out there and throw a burger on the grill. If there's something that you can do and you can do it well, there's room for you in Grills Mafia. That's, yep. the,
3: that's the whole point of this, these events is to be like, listen, we all... What else was involved with it? A slaw and just the bacon on a brioche? Uh, I don't remember because no. I, was,
4: I was doing wings when he was putting that together. So listen to the chicken Iman churned out. Like, Iman makes the best chicken in Western New York. I'm convinced of it. So So what all... I did a, two spatchcock chickens and then 20 pounds of wings. I, and I used uh, chimichurri from Valentina on half of them, and that was Chef
2: Valentina, it's called Che Garcia Chimichurri, authentic Argentinian chimichurri. So she came to the first meetup event that we had, and she I, she made me a sandwich that blew my mind that I still think about today. And so I said to myself... Can I replicate what she made? Now, mind you, hers was much what, because it wasn't done hungover in, mm-hmm. in mass quantities. But I was like, can I replicate her flavor? Can I get a sausage? Like, the thing is, it's chorizo argentino. It's sweet peppers, chorizo, like chorizo sausage. But everyone thinks about chorizo, they know the Mexican chorizo. Yeah. This is the Argentinian version, which is more like a fresh Polish sausage. With a little bit of spice on it, Mm -hmm. which is where the chimichurri comes in handy because then you cut that down the center with your sweet, with your roasted sweet peppers in a bun. You pour the chimichurri down the center of that split sausage and you serve that. Apparently they sell it everywhere in Argentina. So it's one of those things that I was like, I had hers. It blew my mind. I think I can do, get the flavors down. Mm -hmm. I'll dress it up and make a better one later. Right now I'm just trying to get the flavor. I made one, and she said, I made a tray of them, put them out. They were gone quickly, so they must have been good. And she said to me, she goes, I'm usually bitchy to people who try to appropriate my culture. <laughs> but you did that very well. And I, that, that was the biggest Is that because you're half Puerto Rican? I think it's the only reason I pulled it off. I don't think she knew that either. So. No, she didn't know that. Oh. The idea is that we're all out here. Your chimichurri wings. Who knew chimichurri would go on wings when it heats up? This stuff's amazing.
4: Yeah, because I have like, I'm getting to that age where it's like old man heat where I can't eat stuff super hot. So I'm always afraid to eat that kind of raw. Cooked it up. All I did was put about five, six minutes of heat and it just turned sweet. Changed the whole profile of that thing and like caked on the wings. That was my favorite thing I cooked all day. That was just chimichurri chicken wings, boys. Yeah.
2: Now imagine you show up at a park in Lancaster and there's just a bunch of people hanging out. How many strangers
4: who were just walking by? And we're like, do you want something? Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? We got a lot of like stare downs.
2: <laughs> and it's like, look, come well, that's over. what you
3: get for being in Cheektowaga,
2: now, Lancaster. Markle. Now Mark's pissed. Now Mark's pissed that you
4: slandered his town. Well, I showed up at what nine o'clock and Mark was already there, <laughs> cooking on foil. No, just a blackstone. Oh! Oh,
2: he's a guy he see he blacks them see look at him he 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 talks about being down for the brand look mm-hmm. at him
4: sell out here's there was foil there though there was
2: Just of course there was here's what i love about this guys you guys all came out to hang out with us thank you like the two erics oh yeah uh, uh tyrone Williams and yaman boo,
4: yeah, man, boo. <laughs> yaman boo yaman boo he was the first... Per- Ye yeah, Boo was the first person to buy Q42 products off of the first little Squarespace website. And he put it down as yaman Boo. <laughs> and you were like... I, I was like, I
3: know that guy on Twitter.
4: I know the guy on Twitter. It's cool. Yeah, Man Boo. yaman Boo.
3: You know what we did uh, last week? Because I had my mom and dad were in town. You know what my dad and I did last Saturday? Because Jessica and my mom went to a baby shower, so we got to... Spend the day with my dad. We went to Premier Gourmet, and my dad went back to Atlanta with Q42 Kansas City and Carolina sauces, and then the brisket rub, the Kansas City rub, got the whole Q42 platter. Which t- one? Did you go to the one on Maple? What other one would I go to? <laughs> There's one in the mall. Okay, but do they have Montuckys? No. No.
2: Ah, see, Chris is man of principle. He's, hey, we're for the brand here, all
3: right? We do
2: it for the brand.
3: You go to the one on Maple. I'd agree. So with that in mind, guys, uh,
2: these these events that we're going to be throwing this summer and just the vibe of them, I just want you to picture this out. Like, a bunch of the guys we tailgate with showed up. They brought their friends who all had a great time. Mm -hmm. You got to watch people that we don't know show up
4: and have an amazing time. We had no pressure. There's of the eleven thirty AM, throw the stuff in the pricker bush and get oh, to
2: the game. Oh yeah, there's it's a tailgate with no pressure, and at the same time <laughs> what you got to see is the same dynamic that exists at our tailgate. Strangers could walk in and mm-hmm. it's
4: just hey, hey man, you want a plate? My here's a beer, what's your name? My South Buffalo mailman hung out all day with us. He just You're delivered. friends with your mailman. We are now. We are now, because he came. He heard about it. He's
2: like, all right, I'll show up. This is the idea, guys. This is what we're trying to build here. Is your
3: mailman Bob Guterres? (laughs) (laughs) This weekend
2: was a perfect example of what we wanted this thing to be.
3: And so with that,
2: I say, as we go forward, first of all, don't be afraid to come out.
4: Next one. What is it? Uh, Let's say August 13th in Ellicott. Uh, creek, not Ellic- what is it? What is that park? Oh, Ellicott Creek Park. I think. Oh, Ellicott Creek Park. Yeah,
3: is that in Tonawanda?
4: Yeah, around the. I'm edge. not coming. It's around the edge.
3: It's right I, there.
4: I, I, still not coming.
3: Chris, let's face
2: it. What are you, what are you going to do? Stand around awkwardly and not talk to people? I mean, well, I'll be at work. No, but if you even if you weren't,
3: have you? I I've wouldn't.
2: seen you socialize. It's painful.
3: Yeah. I, I just want to know. Do you listen to the show? How do you listen? How did you find out about it? Do they hear thank a, you very much. Do they hear a buzz? Do, do you hear a buzz? Do you no, hear we? a refrigerator running in the background <laughs> that's currently under Drew's right leg?
2: So it was a great time. It was exactly what we wanted it to be. And we're going to do more of these. It's something we're talking about, like it's it's a theme. like I really do believe that we need more of this stuff, yeah. we as fans, collectively, need more of this.
3: Are you gonna get it to a in the future, will it be a once a month across the summer thing? Don't know. That's I think that it's probably a goal. It's probably to do something a goal like to that. To make to it a regular thing. A May, June, July, August?
2: Yeah. It's just fun watching people who don't know each other, meet each other and have conversations and then it's but there's no pressure. We're all mm-hmm. just dudes hanging out around grills, having beers, doing shots. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Eric, for bringing the whiskey.
4: <laughs> oh, God, yeah, he brought the old Forrester 1920. Oh, that's my favorite stuff. That, that, that's where
0: my day turned. I needed that. No, it, it, it was a great event. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: And so off the back of that event, like, it it, it probably wouldn't happen. Like, the, like, you and I put a lot of work into building this, but also, it doesn't happen without the godfather of Grills Mafia. And that's Mr. Reed Ferguson, Bill's long snapper, who's here on the show with us tonight. Reed, how are you doing tonight?
1: Guys, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on.
2: Dude, thank you for coming. It's been a long time since I've seen you or gotten to talk to you. Like we went out for dinner the one night at the Ridge, and I think those wings were probably pretty mediocre.
1: They were okay. They were. I okay. mean, they're not. Uh, they're not Iman's wings, but you know, <laughs> know, hard to hard to stack up. He's so, got a high. Uh, that's a high. That's a. He set the bar extremely high.
2: He he did. He did. He, okay, so first of all,
1: along with his affinity for Big Chip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Iman's tweets. That's, about, a, that's a story for another podcast. I
2: think <laughs> uh, dude, we could do we could do together a whole podcast on oh, yeah. Big Chip. It's hilarious. First of all, here's what I want to know from your perspective: Is it cool to see the community embracing this concept, this girls mafia thing, both as a community building event and also as a charitable entity?
1: Uh, absolutely. Um, it's been great to see over probably. I mean, it's been two and a half years now. It started when uh, I remember first we kind of started first tweeting about it uh, spring of 21 when we were here for the off season for a little bit. And um, and then it's kind of kept going from there. But, uh, no, it's been pretty cool. Actually, uh, it's, it's uh, my social stuff, like all the stuff I try and post, has parlayed into I was asked to uh, – Cook dinner for a few of the guys tonight over at uh, one of our strength coaches' house. He had a black stone, so I was over there, just finished up a little hibachi dinner. Um, go to, go to then, Twitter uh,
2: at Snapflow69. Yeah, that's right. Go watch the video. He's wearing like the Chinese chef's hat, <laughs> and I yes. watched him flip.
1: I got that hat from uh, this, I, I could probably say it. I did a clip I did a little short um, cooking video with a chef at Wegman's last year uh, and it was supposed to be for their it was like a what do you eat before a game and we kind of cooked like blackened chicken alfredo and um, it was it was fine the Bills people got it all edited up into like a little one minute clip as a little promo video and Wegman's never aired it. <laughs> So, uh, but the chef was nice enough to give me a chef hat with little grills, mafia emblems on the, around the side of it. So that's the second time I've worn the hat was tonight when I was acting as a Hibachi chef.
2: And I watched you first of all, who caught, well, first of all, what did you flip and who caught that in your video over on your Twitter feed?
1: It was, uh, the stir fry chicken. And that was about our eighth take of the video (laughs) Um, Tyler T. Bass, uh, I, I, for some, I had never tried that before. So it was my first time attempting as well. I was trying to, you know, cling the spatulas together and flip it to him. And it it was, it would either go, he was just a few feet from me, but it, it would either go really short or way over his head. There was no in between. So he was like, screw this. I'm done. He was like, the chicken's delicious, but I'm tired of catching the chicken with my hand and then eating it. Uh, so Sam stepped in, and uh, of course, first try, right down the middle.
2: Just nailed it. <laughs> so I, I have to ask you, from Traeger, you were a Traeger guy, now you're the Blackstone guy. At a certain point, I know you're an off, like the office aficionado. You have become the Toby to my Michael Scott because it's just like I I look at you and the way you cook and I go, I don't know why you choose to be the things that you are. (laughs) You choose to cook on all the, all (laughs) the things that drive me crazy.
1: That's fair. Hey, listen to me. I understand the stigma around using Traeger's. I get it. But listen, you would cook on it if they sent you a free grill too. No, that's damn right. Hey, listen. And also, also some people, you uh, specifically know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes you don't have eight hours to sit around and tend to a piece of meat on a open fire grill for eight to ten hours. Okay. Well, sometimes fair. I need to put it on at 5 a.m., go back to sleep. That's fair. Maybe you run some errands, you know, maybe go to church or something on a Sunday morning so I can have a nice pork butt to eat for dinner that night. Fair? And guess what?
2: Hey, I it just does I I I I don't want to believe you, but I kind of do because I know you wouldn't lie about these things. Now, here's what I'll say. I just rub rubbed-
1: What's what's your what's your what's your stance against the Blackstone I just think because that, there's no, there's no, well, you uh, and I were
2: actually texting about it. I just think that the uh, everything I've heard from people who have them, they do a lot of work to keep them seasoned, but I think that's a byproduct of living in Western New York. I think that's more of a Western sure. New York problem than it is a Blackstone problem. That's just me being lazy and not wanting to re-season a giant piece of cast iron every single time I want to cook. Fair. So my thing is this past weekend, Bachelor Party Lake House on Cayuga Lake. It's probably about 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'm rubbing and scoring and trimming a pork butt. It's skin on, bone in. I'm trimming the skin off. I'm giving a barbecue dissertation in an American flag Speedo at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I have a six-person audience, and I have everyone's undivided attention. That's, you how, that's how you know you're good at barbecue. I cooked it on a charcoal
1: smoker. I'm, I'm so proud of
5: you.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, even when I'm the most busy. What I did
1: you it. expect me to say there?
2: So first of all, congrats on kid number two. Congratulations. My wife has a million things she wants to text you about your, your child. She goes, I'll just wait till I see him how is it being a father of two now and a football player and having obligations in two different States? Is it tough?
1: Uh, Definitely tough. um, But we're doing, I'm doing everything possible to make it work on both ends. And, um, you know, we're almost done here with our spring stuff. So I'll get to, uh, you know, go back and go back for the summer. Um, Spend a few weeks in the blazing hot Texas sun. and uh, then come back and get to spend a few more weeks in uh, beautiful Rochester for camp. But it's great. I mean, it, you know, it's, it, you know, the older one is, the first child is adjusting to sharing attention. Yep. And mom mom is, you know, adjusting to tending <laughs> to two kids at yeah. once. So it's, uh, but it's it's fun, though. Blakely, uh First child is is obsessed with the you know the new baby, so
2: that's helpful.
1: Uh, that makes it a little easier.
2: That's man, I'm just so happy for you guys. You have no idea. Appreciate it. So begrudgingly, because you are an NFL football player and you're on our podcast, I mean, you and I could sit here and talk about barbecue all night. But our listeners, I mean, I feel like I. First of all, I don't give our listeners what they want most of the time. Iman, you're a listener.
4: Yeah, I don't feel like you care. I don't care what our listeners want. There are sometimes I'll do the the plus fifteen, plus fifteen, plus because <laughs> I know you're just doing this thing. It's like next topic. Next I do topic.
2: whatever I want, but I have to ask you at least a few football related questions. So first of all. If we're gonna get into it, I'll is give it, you permission. Is it yeah? Is it cool to see T-Bass get a contract extension?
1: No, <laughs> he says no. Of course it is.
2: Like knowing, of course it is. Knowing how close the two of you have been since he got here, yes. how close the you two work. It's cool to see him get that recognition from the work you both put in.
1: Absolutely, uh, it's 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 fantastic to see. He has put he's I mean he's one hundred percent put in the work over the years. He's made you know he, he's made the kicks in practice. He, he's made the kicks in games. Won us a lot of games. Kept us in a lot of games. Um,
2: the Ravens and, game and in the Baltimore. He's done a great
1: job. The Ravens oh, game yeah. and the Miami
2: yep. game. Ooh. Those are two. Where it's like, I'm watching these guys, holy shit, they're... Detroit, Detroit, yeah. Where it's just like, you're putting this whole thing on the kicker. And in some of those, like the Baltimore game, I go, you didn't have to do this. You chose to, because you trusted that guy. And they trusted you, they trusted him, and that was it. They go, Reed and Bass have it down. They're going to nail this. We don't care.
1: Sam, too. Sam, too. Don't forget Sam.
2: Don't forget Sam.
1: Same. Somebody's got to hold it for him. Somebody's got to hold it.
2: Hey, somebody's got to catch those snaps. You know, Nate Geary's not going to try because <laughs> yeah, that's right, coward. Nate, you're out there.
1: I think it, I think uh, that reminds me. He he was supposed to do it last year at camp. I think I, I think he got scared.
2: Yeah, I think he got scared too. I'm not going to lie to you though. And I hope he hear. I hope he hears it. I hope he hears it. Oh no, I text him about it regularly, just to needle him.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's, he, that's fantastic. That that makes me happier than him dropping a snap. <laughs> is if he you just don't rubbing it in his face that he didn't even attempt it last year,
3: if you don't think that was just clipped for Twitter, think again. So it's so gonna now, be on Twitter. So now here's the thing:
2: him getting his extension, like that's an indictment of how great you guys are as a unit. It really is how well the three of you work. Now the continuity of that specialist group, one year to the next, like he got brought in kind of. Abruptly, it was unfortunate circumstances. He gets brought in, fits in perfectly. It seems like everything went off without a hitch in that regard. You guys developed a relationship, and now he's back on a multi-year deal. It just seems like you're all kind of... Like, how important is that to what the specialists are doing, that the three of you have commitments long-term from this football team?
1: Yeah, I think... uh, I mean, it's of utmost importance for our job to be able to perform at the highest level. And, you know, Sam, uh, you know, Tyler had a great year last year, uh, you know, partly because of Sam. He's a great holder. Sam had a great year, you know, uh, all things considered, coming in week one. You know, and he showed up <laughs> basically a week before the first uh, game yeah, out in I know. L.A. And, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, credit to him for being a pro, you know, 10 years in the league at that point, um, you know, it, it, that, that paid off, you know, hit, hit, you know, he's, he's been in a, a lot of tough situations um, Change, you know, he played for seven years in Detroit, went through a few, you know, went through a lot of ups and downs there, Denver for a couple of years, same thing, ups and a few ups and downs there. And uh, so, you know, he, he, he put himself in a good position once he got here just to manage um, manage what he could control, control what he could control, and uh, and and he had a, and he had a, a really strong season, uh, which parlayed obviously into his uh, his new deal, bringing him back on a three year contract, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean he he Sam's been great. He's he's been a fantastic addition to the room.
2: Before I move on from the specialists, you tweeted out that you guys won the 2023 Bills Scramble.
1: He absolutely did.
2: And you have Tyler Medakevich on your team. We now, absolutely do. Now, you love Tyler Medakevich. You love that guy.
1: Love him. Yes, I do.
2: What's funny is, is that next to him, you look small. <laughs> you look He's, small. A He's a big dude. He's <laughs> a big... Is Dirty Red really that big? Like, is he that big in person?
1: Uh... I don't know. I have to look at the picture again.
2: No, it's pretty funny. I feel I'm like we. Right I
1: mean, he's definitely more, uh more like you know, fit than I am. Um, just because his, jo- I think his job uh, requires it. Requires it. Uh, wait, wait, but, wait, wait. Are you? No, saying I mean, he- we're probably. I think we're probably way about the same.
2: <laughs> and yet somehow but he looks you know, he than obviously
1: you. uses he he uses his. uh You know, he's. He uses his athletic abilities to uh, greater advantage. <laughs> Would you it's guys, fi- sh- which is fine.
2: Would you guys shoot that day?
1: Uh, we we played the back nine at Cloverbank uh, in Hamburg, and we won uh, with six under on the back nine. I-
2: I'll never we understand the game. Stro-
1: We won by two strokes.
2: I'll never wait. Who who'd you beat? Who was the next closest team?
1: Um, it was a team you know. consisting of yeah, absolutely I know, because they were playing right in front of us. Um it was Kyle Allen, Matt Barkley, uh, Joe Brady, and Brandon Bean.
2: Oh you beat the boss? Oh no. Oh no. That's hilarious.
1: Yep. And I'm and I I made the putt on uh eighteen. Uh we finished on eighteen. They had they had they were on ten. Because it was a shotgun start, so they started a hole in front of us. Uh, they had to finish on ten, and they were watching us finish eighteen. And I putted in for bird uh, to go two strokes up, and ten is a par four, so they pretty much had to hit it in two shots, which uh, is extremely hard on that hole. So, uh, pretty much sealed it. But uh, it was you know good to good to tuck that one under the belt.
2: Now. You're a special teams player. I've watched you almost tackle guys on kickoffs. Like I've watched you almost recover. Like if, if Mike Tolbert hadn't stolen a fumble recovery from you, you would have that to your credit. I watched him. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, I I try to, as much as I try to forget about that, you and Chris are uh, (laughs) obsessed with continuing to bring that up uh, at least three times a year. Uh, so I appreciate it. Kudos f- to you guys for what- uh, for your determination to keep that play alive in my brain.
2: What are friends for? Um, friends. Here's <laughs> he <goes> Friends, <laughs> hilarious. I, I want to ask you a football coverage related question. What are your okay. personal feelings on the league's tinkering with the kickoff rules? As someone who's Heavily involved in that play. Uh,
1: that's a great question. Uh, I actually am not sure that I have a an opinion. Okay. Um, not because not because I don't have an opinion yet. Um, because I very much think that the way the NFL operates and the way that rosters are constructed. There are a lot of teams in this league that roster a player because of his return ability. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he plays another position a lot or not, uh, a la Devin Hester, never really played receiver. You know, he was always pretty much just the return guy. Didn't they try to say um, he was a
2: cornerback at one point? they were like he's a defensive maybe, back yeah, they were like yeah. whatever we role. can call him just to get yeah. him on the roster
1: exactly um you know you're always going to have your uh, it's it, i think it remains to be so i wish i could give you a better answer i don't really have a good answer yet as a, you know on an You want to see how it develops I I think you know I think guys are going to want to continue to give GMs and head coaches, a reason to keep them on the roster and, and keep them paid as return guys. Um, so, I I you know, I don't know if we'll see the same thing as college where basically everybody just fair catches it. You don't see a lot of kickoff returns, um, but we'll see. We'll see.
2: I mean, realistically, when I think about this and I think about the phasing out, because to your point, There are guys who make their living off of being good returners. Naheem Hines, last year, that New England game. what, What was going through your head when you watch him return that kickoff and then he brings the second one back? Like, what are you, what's your emotions at the first, at the first jump?
1: It, um, I mean, the first one was shocking because it opened the game, yeah. right? You're like, you're never expecting that to happen. Um, the second one was like, this is not, this is not happening. This like, isn't this real. Is not, this isn't real. Uh, so it was, it was just like, I know that even though they weren't back to back, it was still a little bit, not a little bit, a lot of bit surreal. Even get you know, given what happened six days prior in Cincinnati.
2: So now that you are the the elder statesman of the specialist group, like you really are, you are the only one. Like I, I think I saw the stat. You're the last holdover from the Rex Ryan regime.
1: you uh, technically speaking, yes. <laughs> uh, if you don't. Count Shaq Lawson's years, he wasn't here. Yeah. That's right. That's
2: right. So it's you two. You were the only ones who have been associated with this football team for that length of time, and you are the only one who never left. It's you. You're the old guard. Are you now like I don't want to say Methuselah, but are you the guy who talks to the old to, to the new incoming specialists as you guys are putting this unit together? over the course of the summer and trying to talk about what you're, what you're accomplishing with the changing rules and everything else. Are you looked to as kind of the, the guy now that you're, you have the most tenure?
1: Um, sure. I guess a little bit. Um, you know,
2: he's very casual about it guys. He goes, ah, sure. I guess, you know,
1: I think it, I think it depends, uh, because you know, you've got, I was still, you know, a couple years ago when we drafted Tyler, Steven Hauschka was still here. We had Bojo. So I was kind of like, you know, uh, I was obviously years younger than Steven in terms of uh, years in the league. He was kind of the old guy in the room. Um, But, you know, after Tyler came in, he, you know, credit to him. And I admit, I was going to bring this up earlier, you know, he, he made a conscious effort. He would drive, you know, that was during the COVID uh, off season. So we, we weren't in Buffalo. Um, but we, you know, he would drive a few hours from South Carolina to my house in Atlanta uh, and we'd kick on the weekends um, just to get those reps in. So uh, I guess, you know, over, over the years, you know, I would say for Tyler, to answer your question, yes, just because Steven was a little, you know, they were in a battle. He, he probably not going you to know, look to him to help him much. I tried to bring Tyler along at that point. And then in years, a few, years, the past few years as well, Bojo, same way, tried to bring him along. Uh, but, you know, like the last two guys we've had in here, Matt Hawk and now Sam, uh, you know, Matt had been in the league the same amount of years as I had so we kind of were you know uh bouncing stuff off each other he was very familiar with the league in general um with our division you know he was a, he's a pro he knows how to handle himself and then sam you know obviously you know i i have been just trying to help him um and uh, help him adjust to buffalo ju- just everything buffalo related not so much being in the league, uh, if that makes sense. So no,
2: it does, um,
1: you know, c- cause he's been in the league a few years longer than I have. So, uh, you know, it, I guess, yeah, to answer your question, yes, but I think it's, um, it's a nuanced situation. Sure.
2: 100%. Now what I'll say is this, if we have to close on something, it's this idea that <clears throat> getting acclimated to the city of Buffalo, it's not easy. You're not from here. You, you were never from Buffalo. You came here. You unfortunately had to share an apartment with this, <laughs> this, this guy over here. And then
1: you went on to. We be- had a
3: good time. I made sure he was able to watch the Yankees.
1: That's right. He's, he has, he's got a point. He's got
2: a point. But.
1: That's his selling that's his selling point. Hey, you was all live with Chris, just he'll let you watch your favorite baseball team.
2: That's it. Hey guys, he, whoa, he'll go above and beyond. Realistically. He you,
1: did turn he did uh turn me off of Subway. So well, that's, credit to
2: Oh, also that's
1: he Credit did, to credit to Chris.
2: He did you a boon run. Right and he now.
1: also uh he also let me kick his door in. Yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> And, and didn't, and didn't, and understood my story.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. I love it. So, For anybody my- that
1: wants to hear that story, I think it's on the first episode of After the Snap. <laughs>
3: True. Chris, Chris,
1: <laughs> Chris, do you are I mean, you, Chris, you're, you edited that. Yeah. I, I think. Episode remember, epi- was it the very first episode? The
3: very first episode. Reed kicked my I door think,
1: in. I think we titled it called, like... Kicking the door down or something.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's a hundred percent true. That's yep.
1: so. If you so for anybody that wants to go listen to it, got to scroll, go yes. back a couple of years. But
2: well, that's it. So now, having been here for as long as you have, the fact that this Grills Mafia thing and the way it's kind of starting to build here in Buffalo, you really are. Even though you're not from here, you feel like you've put some roots down here in this area, and you feel a connection to the. To the area, not just you, but also your teammates, and like you're helping them get acclimated. You've been acclimated, that's why it's easy for you to do that. Absolutely. What does it mean to know that that's being embraced in the scope of all of this?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's amazing. First off, I think that just goes without being said. Um, but. You know, I've always wanted to figure out some way to leave my mark on this organization. Whether that, you know, long-term personal goal, you know, I'd like to set the total games played record. You know, stuff like that. As far as team team team-specific stuff, like that, that. Those are some of that is some realistic goals that I've set for myself that I think that I can reach. You know, further down the line, but. Um as far as off the field stuff, you know, the past couple of years have been great being able to, you know, set up the Grills Mafia stuff, do a lot of the uh uh veteran charity work that I've done with the barbecue the the think of Vet Barbecue the last couple of years at first line. Uh and just kinda having, you know, a couple a couple uh touch points throughout the year where people can, you know, see me in person. And just kind of allow me to interact with with them on a more personal level, and and uh, hopefully make a difference that way. Um, which you know is if if people are still holding Grills Mafia tailgates when I'm g- gone, then mission accomplished.
2: Well, I'll tell you what we're we've very- got a
1: lot of stuff coming out. Ice. Speaking of before, I mean, I we got a lot. I, I, I don't know if you were going to bring it out. We got a lot of stuff uh, coming. For, I mean, it's it's in the works basically right now. Uh, prototypes are being sent out, so uh, a lot of that stuff will be able to hopefully make it uh, before the season, so you guys can cook with it before uh, the first home game.
2: You you that's the thing. It's it's about developing a community of people who, Iman, we've talked about this. How important is the community building aspect of what we're doing? It's ninety
4: nine point nine. It's
2: it, this is what we're doing. One
1: hundred percent. It's yep. and it's tr- not. Uh, I mean, ab- about the girls mafia thing. You know, it's I have had people approach me about like you know, oh, you just ripped this off of of fans. You know, it's you're just using it to make a, make a buck off of. And I'm like, that's not it at all. Nope. A big portion of what we're making off of just shirts right now, but soon to be a lot of grilling accessories, you name it, flags, etc. A large chunk of it basically, I mean, Del Reed is a good friend of a lot of people in Buffalo. I, I love the way that he runs his business, you know, a large chunk of what, the company, the Grills Mafia, makes goes to those veteran charities and the Western New York Food Bank, basically we're just looking to cover the expenses for doing that, for building the brand. And And I think that sometimes gets lost in uh, – sometimes gets lost. That's kind of all I wanted to say about it, it, but I haven't really had a – yeah, yeah,
2: no, no you, outlet
1: to like say that, but you've been under um, a lot of pressure. I mean, you guys, with this whole thing, you guys have been great ambassadors,
2: and that's it. And I am very happy to carry the flag and wear the flag for Grills Mafia, and be the person trying to build this thing, boots on the ground, because realistically, I'm not. re R- R- can tell you. Am I the first person you think of, Iman, when you talk about people who are friendly, welcoming, <laughs> the most, like, well, you never put me as the face of a company, <laughs> unless it had to do with grilling, and can we stand around and drink beer and make friends with people? Yeah. Guess what? That's my wheelhouse. This is where we can offer radio.
1: We'll, yeah, I have a face for radio. <laughs> that makes two of us. That yeah. makes two of us. He, he says, service, says, he says
2: the guy with a perfectly
1: sculpted... You know who also has a face had. for radio? Who's that? Nate Geary. Oh, yeah, no, Nate Geary. <laughs> He's shot.
2: He's shot him and his stupid mustache. I can't wait for you to break his fingers with that snap. But here's what I'll say.
1: I, I don't him. even know if it's ever gonna it's never gonna happen.
2: Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna guilt him into if it. He has
4: time to come to the Rock and Power Report. He has time yeah, to do this. Yeah, he has stand.
2: time to do this. And when you do it, we will be there to film it and also celebrate his demise. What I'll say is this. I love you. I've known you since like,
1: likewise. Way
2: back. What I know is that I love what this thing is. This thing that you started, this Grills Mafia thing. Thing it's real it's tangible, and it's better than I don't know. What else What else are we all doing? Nothing.
4: Yes, it, it, like when, when we get together, there's a there's a standard. There's a hold. standard
2: to it. This is Bill's tailgating just on a Sunday in a park, and yet fifty people show up who don't know each other, and by the end of the day, everyone's doing shots together. And it's a party, and you go. This is what it's about. People were like, I can just. Community building. They
4: were like, I can just show up here and hang out. I don't have to pay money to somebody. (laughs) There was people who
2: showed up and kept asking. They were like, Well, who do I pay for this? And I go, No, that's the beauty of this. You don't owe me anything. I literally want you to be here. Because that's what this we This is a do.
1: Sunday afternoon without football.
2: Yes! there's yes, just no, I kept he talking. Said, to, he goes, there's no pressure. There's, of, no, there's no kickoff. He goes, there's no pressure there's of kickoff, no kickoff. Where I have to take the leftover wings and throw
4: them in the bushes. So I can pack everything. <laughs> the 1130 panic.
2: And that's it, Reed. And you have, again, you've created a vehicle that everyone can unite behind in order to carry out these things. I think that's highly commendable. It's. I love you. You are really a thoughtful person. No, you you're one of the better people. I, I tell you this all the time via text, but you're one of the best human beings I've ever met. It's why I like you. You're a far better human being than me. I mean, but that goes without saying. That's not hard. That's a low bar.
1: I I appreciate that.
2: Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media and follow the Grills Mafia stuff as we all go through this.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, so Grills Mafia is on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at Grills Mafia. And then uh, personal, I'm Reed Ferguson on Instagram and Snapflow69 on Twitter. Hashtag big chip. <laughs> <laughs> That's my secondary effort.
2: Guys, this has been great, but for tonight we got to get out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. That's Eman Azizi. That's Reed Ferguson. And this has been your rock
1: Poll Report. Hashtag, hashtag big grills.
5: Hashtag <laughs> big grills and big chip. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.